Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 100. This week on the episode, I've got an awesome conversation with a new project called Carver. I was able to speak with Christian Carver, who is the soul behind the project, um, as well as Casey Desmond, who is the guest vocals for the newest single. Um, it's a super cool project that they're just really starting to build the foundation for. And so I thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of help build this uh, visibility and hopefully the fan base for them. Um, Again, Casey contributes the vocals around this particular single. Um, And then the project is really Christian Carver, um, stylized as all caps, C-A-V period, are. Um, had a great time talking with both of them. We talked about kind of the inspiration, where they draw their musical backgrounds from to some extent, and really kind of what the vision for this project is. And, you know, it was great getting both of them on to have the perspective of an artist who's really starting this project and building something that they're proud of. And then also to have the vocals for the single um, be able to kind of give their insight on what this project means and how it's kind of positioned to move forward. Um, So yeah, let's just dive into this conversation because it is super cool uh Casey and Christian were great. I appreciate them taking the time to do this. And this is my conversation with Christian Carver and Casey Desmond speaking about Carver. Awesome. Uh so yeah, basically to to start things off, I do start off with the same boring ass question every time, and that's a simple introduction kind of who you are, what the project is, and, and kind of just a little background on yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Casey, do you want to go first or I can go? What are you feeling? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so, hi, I'm Casey Desmond. And, um, you know, I, I guess I'll just talk about, you know, a little bit about the style that I like. You know, I'm, I'm a, my background is pop and um, big vocal music. Like, you know, I'm really into theatrics and stuff like that. Um, and I have my own project, but me and, and Christian have uh, put our heads together over the last, basically during the pandemic. Um, and, you know, it, it's been a really amazing collaboration. So we're, we're able to take, you know, our two styles and and fuse them together, which has been, I don't know, a really rewarding experience for me personally. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. My background is like pop and electronic and dance, and I'm a big synth head. I love electronic music a lot. So I don't know, that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Awesome. I still need to see your gigantic uh, synth collection that has been in storage <laughs> since I've met you. And- <laughs> It's been really upsetting. She's got so many synths. I want to hang. I want to check out. And she's like, "Yeah, they're in 
you know, in this big closet. <laughs> I've been I've been in the process of moving for a while, and the pandemic didn't help at all. But um, I just bought a house, and I'm I'm converting the basement into like a giant synth studio. So I'm really excited. Yeah, that, yeah, that'll be sick. That'd be so awesome. Um, but yeah, so uh, so my name is Christian Carver. Uh, my project name is Carver. You know, so I, I don't forget mm-hmm. it. Um, and then, um, yeah, like I, I, for me, uh, what I really wanted to do and start with this project, um, I wanted to combine a couple of elements from like, uh, music that's really prevalent right now and, and stuff that really, uh, resonates with me. And those two main categories are, uh, like, like electronic, like bass music, and Mm -hmm. then also, um, more modern produced synth pop music. So I've always I I really love the both and I really wanted to kind of find like an awesome, like happy ground where the production is still relatively aggressive, but the music itself can still be really somber and still be really pretty, but with just um, more modern production and and some more aggressive sound design. So that's kind of like what I originally wanted to do. And that's kind of like what it's shaping out to be, you know, luckily. And uh, a big background be- uh, behind me is just being in the electronic, like in the industrial scene in general. So this is kind of just like um, my take, you know, stepping outside of that scene a little bit more and doing something that's a little bit more mainstream, so. Yeah, and it's kind of funny, you know, for someone like you that's been in that, that kind of genre and that space for a while, you can see it as well, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it's it's incredible to see how society is starting to accept that genre a lot more now like yeah 10 15 20 years ago like oh i listen to trance or industrial people are like what the fuck like who are you (laughs) but now people are like oh that's dope what are you listening to yeah it all comes it all comes back around it's kind of how like nerd culture you know used to be kind of like oh there's nerdy shit and now it's like the most like you know like sought after form of media you know one could say and you know this is how it goes you know (laughs) for sure so uh casey kind of give your insight on um you know i think a lot of people that maybe aren't familiar with the genre uh, oftentimes associate like trance or industrial you know bass music without having much lyrics what's it like for you being such a a vocalist you know, now being able to contribute in this and say, like, look, there's there's a real opportunity here. I mean, it's been really positive for me, um, you know, because it is stylistically music I grew up with and I love a lot. Um, it inspires me. And honestly, like a four on the floor and a solid bass line, like, you know, <laughs> just a really solid dance track. Nothing inspires me vocally more than something like that. You know, a good loop. I could, I could listen to it for hours and, and, you know, write on top of stuff like that. So the fact that it's become more mainstream is, you know, really positive for me. And um, I love to hear music evolve. So I'm happy that it's happening. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Who would you say vocally has been kind of that inspiration? You know, where do you draw your, your vision from? I mean, that's such a hard one for me because there's so many. Um, personally, I I look up to my parents. Um, they're both performing artists and musicians. Um, my mom 
my godmother was like a really amazing inspiration to me growing up. Um, and my father is a, a lead man in a band called Bentman. And um, yeah, I don't know, they're big personalities and um, has always influenced me. So, I mean, that's, that's on a more personal scope. Um, yeah. Growing up, I was really big into like uh, Peter Gabriel because not only was he, he could be very mainstream, but like stylistically speaking, his, he was like a genre hopper. And yeah. I kind of feel that way about myself too. So um, it's, it's no fun being stuck and like pigeonholed into something. It's, it's nice to, to be able to like, you know, hop from place to place. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's, that's something that I've tried to get away from over my time in music journalism as well is, you know, nobody really fits in a genre box anymore. So why the fuck do we use them? You know, like, mm. oh, they're, they're a post-hardcore band. Are they though? You know, like, are yeah, they, they though? <laughs> right. Like, is that, is it really? I mean, there's so many artists that like, you know, you can look at and be like, oh, they're like Marshmallow, you know, he's an EDM artist in the broad scope of things. Sure. But is he really? No. So, you know, it, it's something I think, you know, in, in this area of music as well, that is becoming such a thing where there's so many subgenres and, and, you know, places that you can fit in that it's like, why do we even bother with these labels? Mm. I think, you know, I, I think the, the, the labels, even if you kind of make them up, I feel like people, you know how, you know, like the saying that it's like people fear what they don't understand, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of, like, that's kind of like an exaggeration in regards to like what we're talking about. But it's like, I feel like for any artist that's kind of like trying to get like their foot in the door into a community or maybe trying to get like their art more out there, it does help to kind of put some labels on it just so they can go ahead and kind of gather attraction from the demographic that they're trying to reach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for like in that regard, yes. You know what I mean? Just kind of honing your fun, your, uh, your foundation for the people you're trying to reach, et cetera. Um, right. But, you know, as you evolve, you know, because, you know, all artists, you know, naturally evolve, you can go ahead and start not being genreless necessarily, but just kind of like, you know, making yourself more fluid. And then, you know, that, that that's pretty much it, in my opinion. But I feel like it is necessary to a degree, but not ultimately depending on how much traction you start getting with your music. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from on that. And that totally makes sense, especially, you know, starting out. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, to kind of to your point here is once you get comfortable with it, like you don't mm -hmm. want to be bound to that one genre. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. You know, what's funny though, is that you, you'd be surprised how many like fans of certain artists are so there, they become such purists in right. regards <laughs> to like what people have come out. It's like, you know, you have artists that come out with like a couple of albums that are just like, you know, artist defining and then you come out with something different because you kind of want to push the envelope on your art. And then it's not received as well because people, because it wasn't what people were expecting from you. And then you get into the whole like, oh, am I doing the things that I'm doing now just because people are expecting me to do them? You know, it, it becomes such a weird time for certain people, you know, and, and there are there are certain, not all, I feel like that's not the case for all bands. I feel like some bands and projects can definitely like, you know, kind of like veer off like the trail that they set themselves on right. you know start but then there are some bands where like if you do something different like it, it's actually probably not smart for you to do that 
And there are a few that may sound like kind of prohibiting for artists, but I just feel like that's just the case for some artists. Like, oh, like I have one example of a band, like they're not like an electronic band, they're a metal band, but um, I don't know if you guys know a band called Lamb of God. Uh-huh. Right? Like Lamb of God, for me, I used to be like such a huge metalhead. Like they, in my opinion, they should not change what they sound like. Like Lamb of God is Lamb of God. Like they, 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 they niched like, like the kind of music that they make. And if they tried doing something else that could be cool, but I don't feel like they're one of those bands that can really stray too far from like what they're known for doing, you know, yeah. but that's just, that's just an opinion, you know, for, just for, for my, for my sake. And I feel like some artists kind of lean more towards like, I can be more fluid as opposed to other ones where they're kind of like a little bit more boxed in in order to kind of like, you know, kind of keep their, their fans happy. But you know, that, that's just an opinion. No, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, added to that list, not that we're going to put people on blast, but, you know, mm-hmm. added to that list would be like corn. Uh, you know, corn oh, should yeah. sound like corn every time. No, no, exactly. It's kind of like, you know what you're going to get from corn and you like that and that's cool and that's fine, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And then on the flip side of that coin, and I think maybe this is kind of where you're at because you are crossing so many different subgenres and, and mm-hmm. soundscapes you have bands like Bring Me the Horizon who can do everything mm. from metal mm-hmm. to EDM mixed with metal and then like these super weird, you know, mashups. Mm-hmm. But people seem to love that, you know? Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. Like that's a great example of a band where like not only are they able to go ahead and be more fluid with their genre, but I feel like it's also like the timing in your career is so crucial too. And I feel like they hit it and their career, yeah. like when they came out with certain albums that started blending more electronic um, elements, it was the right time. You know, like dubstep was probably becoming like a bigger thing, you know, around like the 2010s. And yeah. it was becoming something that people were just more accustomed to. And it was cool to go ahead and do that. So it's like, it's such a weird time. You know, it's, it's like a perfect storm of things too, you know? Yeah, and for sure. Really right. I mean, if you think about the band King Gizzard, I don't know if you guys were fans of them, but. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah. they went from, they've been, they've been genre hopping, but like, you know, uh, fundamentally they, they remain this psychedelic band, but mm. they go from being psychedelic rock to like more recently, a lot more electronic and loop based. Mm. And I mean, I gotta say, I love the evolution. So I think mm. that if you do it right, you can expand, you can expound on that, but mm. um, it can also affect your market uh, marketability. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Christian, kind of the same question um, on the the soundscape side. Like, where did this this passion for the industrial, semi grunge, trance type thing kind mm-hmm. of you know develop and start with you? Well, um, I'll, I'll take it uh, a bit back, not too far back, but um, I, so like I mentioned before, I was I was like really into like metal and like horror punk, and like that's kind of like my my roots you know when i started getting really 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 heavy on music and then i got to a point where like a lot of bands have started kind of sounding the same to me you know i was just kind of like i don't really i don't really feel like i'm like it feels like a little too one-dimensional and again this is like my opinion and that's how it came across to me during like that time period of my life so I started getting um really into music that was more like dance invoking and uh essentially like music that would go ahead and kind of like set like an aggressive 
dance environment where you can have a lot of fun, you know? Um, so I kind of, so then I started, you know, playing for, uh, for like industrial bands and like goth rock bands and stuff like that. Um, cause uh, by, by trade, I'm primarily a drummer. I'm like a hired, um, drummer, uh, or a drum for hire. And, um, I go out and tour for bands. I play for some bands on Metropolis records and like, um, I, I filled in for, you know, industrial acts here and there, you know, doing like festivals. Um, so, uh, but, but now, you know, fast forward to, to where I am now, um, I feel like there's like, right now we're in like, we're like in this time where like mid-tempo electronic bass music is really prevalent, especially in clubs, but also at the same time, there's a lot of, uh, electronic music that's uh, more somber and pretty, you know, like dream pop and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I was just kind of like, I haven't heard anything that kind of like mixes both like sound design elements, you know, and, and they're able to go ahead and like just balance the two so perfectly. So yeah. I guess, you know, that's kind of what I'm chasing now because I'm just essentially making the music that I want to hear, you know, I love both of those elements and then that's like modern electronic music to me, or at least what's, or at least like the corner of electronic music that's attracted me the most to the genre. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I've used the term soundscape a couple times because I think for you guys, it, it really is more of a soundscape versus a song um, mm-hmm. because it's, there's so much depth to it. There's so many different levels. Um, obviously I just found out about you guys relatively recently, but um, you know, listening to the songs three, four, five times, even back to back, you start uncovering these things and you're like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that before. Or like, depending mm-hmm. on what you're doing, it, it really can kind of, I don't want to say like necessarily change your mood in, in mm. you know, the drastic sense or the dramatic sense. But like when I'm at work and I listen to it, I was like, okay, it, it's cool background noise. I don't have to pay super close attention, but it, it's still there and I'm still present, you know? Uh, but then when intentionally listening, it's like, oh, you, you know, I didn't pick up on that before. Or Casey's vocal hits a little different or, mm-hmm. you know, there's just these different pieces And I'm a huge pop punk fan and emo fan, but I agree with you. Like, you know, as much as I love these guys, state champs, you know, we, the King, simple plant, like y'all kind of sound the same on the the latest record cycle. So why do I want to listen to that and not have as much depth versus coming over to this and being able to just like really get lost in a soundscape? Hmm. That's awesome. Well, I'm really happy that you dig the track because we spent a long time on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this for, for people that are listening that don't know. Uh, you guys just dropped the new single called Struck. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like building this, this track? Because obviously, like you just said, a mm-hmm. lot of time and effort goes into this. And I think more often than not, and I think both of you could shed light on this, more often than not, people associate like EDM or electronic music as less talent, less involvement. And that's <laughs> entirely not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I have, I definitely have thoughts on that. But Casey, do you want to, do you want to start with this one? No, no, you, you, you punch off. I'll, I'll join in. Okay. Um, so I create, okay. The biggest thing that I can say about working on this with Casey is that it was such an immense learning experience on all fronts literally all of them because i first of all this is actually the first song i ever wrote for this project 
And, you know, both of you, you know, both of you guys, you know, like, you know, being in the music scene for so long, how many people actually put out the first track that they write for their idea for a, for a project? You know, almost it doesn't. Really, yeah, exactly. <laughs> almost nobody, because normally they're just trying to kind of figure it out. So this actually, it's kind of amazing that this act that the song actually uh, made it out and it got to the point where it got and uh, where Casey and I were like super happy with it. And we felt like really confident about it and decided to put, you know, all this work behind it. Um, so that was that was actually really, really, really cool. However, you know, there were there were a couple of a couple of downsides to that, way more pros. Um, and a couple of those things were just that back then when I was writing the song, I just didn't know how to look at the end result from like a production perspective and what I was trying to do. And um, that made it definitely a little a little bit difficult um, to uh, mix some parts of it, you know, um, however, you know, I feel like I, I definitely overcome, you know, with like some of the, some of the producers that I also am, um, really lucky to go ahead and have in my network that can go ahead get, that can go ahead and give me feedback, you know, and stuff like that. And then once, you know, Casey, um, agreed to kind of like, you know, um, hash out the track with me and, uh, get it to the point that it was now, you know, uh, mixing with Casey's vocals was definitely a really new experience for me because up to that point, I had only worked with vocalists that were that were were not as melodic. And Casey has like such a wide range with her voice, which is amazing. I was like, it was like another kind of like beast to kind of like tackle and from a production perspective um, with what I had already laid down in a good way because I definitely like want to work with people that are able to bring that to the table and not just have like, you know, monotone kind of like repetitive, like EDM kind of like tracks, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, Casey, to take Casey definitely takes it to that next level. And I feel like it kind of made me also have to like step up my game and, and, and certain aspects, you know? So I'm really grateful that I was able to go ahead and uh, execute this track the way that we did together. So I mean, it's really easy to write on productions that Christian have, has put together. I mean, your sense of melody is amazing. It's like a lot of the time when, um, you know, a producer will reach out to me and ask me if I want to do a collaboration, I basically have to work on structure to get it to a place that will make sense for me, mm -hmm. um, where I feel like I can shine and I, it, it goes on a journey. It has a it has different structure. It's not just like, you know, a constant. There's a little bit of an intro or, you know, verse, chorus, pre-chorus and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, with, with Christian, it was right out of the gate. And I was like, I'm, I'm in love with this. It's really well produced. You know, even as a demo, it was really well produced. I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean that's not the mix? Um, <laughs> um, and the, the wonderful thing about it is that he sent me this track that was, um, and ended up not being the, the final track that we ended up using. Um, like he said earlier on, we, it ended up becoming more of a, a more on the floor banger, which I think ultimately was a really good decision on his part. And, you know, at first I was like, well, well but, but what about this other version? And what it was decided is that we would go with both of them, but that the banger would be the single and ultimately that was the right choice and I couldn't I couldn't be happier with how it came out you know the hard work was worth it and I'm, I'm really stoked so mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah that, that that other version of the track um is in the uh quote-unquote you know single 
Um, it's uh, it's labeled uh, or will be labeled. I think that it needs to be updated, but it's just called like Struck uh, Original Mix because that was actually the first rendition of the track, which is a um, it, it's like a halftime feel type of a track that's like big and bassy. Yeah. Um, and it allowed, you know, Casey to have a lot of freedom uh, with the vocals because there was so much space. Um, however, you know, if anybody if anybody gets the chance to mix Casey's vocals, like you can slap that on a dance track and it's going to be amazing. So it's like, <laughs> so when we, when we ended up actually going that route, I was like, we, people are going to get so pumped for this. You know what I mean? It's got so much energy and like, like you, you feel like the power, you know, behind the belts and like the lyrics, you know? So I think yeah. it brought the video together too. Like the story is more cohesive with that version personally. Yeah, I feel like it made like the pacing of the video also go a little bit better as well. You know, I, I, could, I honestly, I couldn't really picture, I can't even like the picture would have been totally, the video would have been totally different. I feel like, totally. you know, the pacing would have been so different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, something that, that both of you have mentioned, and I, I want to bring this up specifically for you guys is the importance of finding someone that you do mesh with so well and not going after collabs for the sake of collabs, right? Like mm. so many people are just chasing like, oh, I've got to get this name on my track because it's going to blow up because, you know, I I love the guy, but Kellen Quinn is a perfect example. Everybody mm. is getting features with Kel Kellen Quinn right now. And it's like, cool, but, you know, it, does it really fit your song? And that's where you guys, you know, this yeah. is more, much more intentional of this is who I need in this song versus who I want in this song. Totally. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we had the benefit, luckily, of knowing each other personally. Um, not mm -hmm. very much. This, this project definitely brought us closer together. But, you know, I had a lot of respect for the projects that Christian has been working on you know, his other band Mannequin and, um, you know, the productions that he was, he was playing me as demos, like, you know, on the side. And I was like, I want to write with this guy. <laughs> He's yeah. amazing. So um, I feel like it was, we came into this, you know, with a lot of respect for one another and we'd seen each other play live. And um, so I don't know, it was just like a happy meeting and it, it felt like kind of fate, like, you know, we were able to work it out in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, like a cold call like hey man i heard that song on spotify like here's my my beat can you sing on it which you know that's that can become beautiful too not i'm not knocking it it happens you know but i, I feel lucky in this one yeah yeah i i totally agree and i think you know i'm not knocking kellen quinn you know it is what it is <laughs> but there are definitely you know times where you hear a song with any any collaborator and you're just like mm why you know did the label say that they needed to do that or you know how much stronger could this song be if they had whoever on it and again you know like not trying to blow smoke but you guys i think meld your styles so well together that it mm. feels like this was the intent from step one on it no it was no 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 it definitely was it, it, there, it definitely wasn't uh, a corporate decision you know <laughs> made yeah. to like what's going to make them, what's going to make them sales, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't uh, like that. Don't get me wrong. That's important. Um, however, like I didn't really have like a doubt that it wasn't going to be awesome. I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. No worries. You know, so that was kind yeah. of like that when we were going like uh right, like right off the bat. So, but I, I know, I know where you're coming from though. Cause like, you know, if you're really, if you're really actually following certain producers, you know, that are getting, you know, X amount of play, 
you know, on um, streaming services and like Spotify editorial playlists and that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. like you, you get, you, you can get a sense if you actually follow them. And it's a kind of like, does this person actually want to collab with this person or does it just seem like a, Oh, Hey, you know, I have a lot of followers. You have a lot of followers. We should just do this. Right. Cause you know, we're trying to, you know, grow our market and it's like, don't get me wrong. I'd like, like at the end of the day, you do, if you're really serious about your music, you have to really treat it like a business to a degree, you know, and there, yeah. and you have to preserve as much like artistic integrity as much as you can, but you know, you still got to have that, you know, kind of like that heart in it, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, something I talk about a lot on this podcast is the importance of authenticity versus, versus corporate marketing. You Absolutely. know, if, if you're just trying to make a song to make radio play and all that, like more power to you. I hope it does well, but longevity wise is going to come from your authenticity. Absolutely. No, 100%. And I feel like now more than ever, you know, uh, artists have to be more more vulnerable, you know, because there's such a lack of it that that's what really draws, you know, fans to new artists. It's just kind of like, oh, wow, like you're doing this thing and it doesn't seem like, you know, it doesn't seem so methodical where you're trying to just like reach a certain person to sell them something, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the the key word you use there is vulnerability. Um, like, obviously, the intent of your music isn't necessarily a therapy or whatever. Mm. But I think your music has a, a very unique, that space of music, I should say, has a very unique kind of job and responsibility where, you know, there is a lot of emotion and, and power and truth behind the words but at the same time, the soundscape allows you to kind of spin it into this more of a celebration that these things happen to me. And mm -hmm. now I'm getting to move past it versus, mm -hmm. again, as much as I love pop punk and emo, mm -hmm. that's a I'm going to sit here and wallow about the self-pity and the things that happen to me. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. No, yeah. And yeah, I, again, thank you again. It, it, it seems really like it, it seems like you really like dug into the track, you know, so we really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so with with this um, project, you know, as you kind of move forward, and you know, you're very early in this project versus mm -hmm. your time within the industry for both of you, really. Um, kind of what's the vision? What, what do you want to accomplish with this? Uh, well, right, right off the bat, you know, um, I, you know, it's funny. I was just talking to my girlfriend about like my plan for the next 12 months, you know, <laughs> you, <Yeah. laughs> you kind of need, you kind of need a 12 month plan essentially now at this point, if you really want to make, you know, uh, things be successful and run smooth. Um, but right now, um, well, first of all, you know, I was, uh, um, Casey and I were really, you know, fortunate to go ahead and um, and find distribution through a new label. Um, uh, they're called uh, Dance Macabre Records, um, and they're based out of uh, Germany. Um, the uh, the person that owns the label, uh, his name is uh, Bruno Krom, and uh, he's um, in this uh, in this band uh, called Das Ich. I believe that's how you say it. Um, but yeah, and uh, I believe that Casey, you you were a fan prior to me mentioning them right yeah i had to keep it i had to keep that on lockdown because i was like okay you can't know that i'm like fanning out right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um 
Yeah, they're, they're like, a, if you're not familiar with them, they're like a more prevalent band in Germany. Like they're just one of those German bands that that just has like a, a bigger following and they've been around. They're, they're a legacy band, you know, they've been around since yeah. the 90s and uh, they got they got a following. I, I um, long story short, um, I was playing a cruise, um, what's called the Gothic Cruise um, back like two, two years ago. And uh, I met Bruno on there and like, you know, um, at the end of the night, uh at, after each each night on the cruise like all the artists would have like dinner with each other and then you know him and i would go ahead and catch up and like talk about synthesizers and then he would just talk to me about life in germany and then we just got along so well and then you know um we really lucked out where i was able to be like hey man you know you got this label you know i really i think it'd be a really cool idea if you know we put it out there and he really loved the track you know so if he's listening to this, thank you, Bruno, for like, you know, tackling on uh, the, the project and uh, distributing it for us. You know, he's uh, he's been really helpful. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, is important for people to, to hear about, too, is the power of networking. Right. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, <laughs> that that. Is, yeah. That, that's a prime example of, you know, a it's someone that you respect and, and have that mutual consideration for. But not that your intent was, oh, I'm going to be friends with him because later in life things are going to happen where I can do this, but it's just one of those, hey, you know, this works out and we already know each other and maybe this can be a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you would have been the the introvert that I'm going to play my set, I'm going to go back to my room, we're not doing any of this hangout. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you 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 got a network, man. It's like it's you have to. I didn't even know he owned a label. I just knew that he was in Das Eek, and I was like, oh, hey, this guy seems cool. I I, I know some of the music, but I wasn't like a huge. I, I wasn't really super super exposed to them. Um, but you know, Bruno is just one of those guys that um, he's one of the promoters also for uh, Wave Gothic Treffen, which is like the longest running Gothic festival in Germany. You know, he's been running it for like helping run it for like thirty years you know, since the, since the fall of the Berlin wall. So like wow. he's got, yeah. yeah, no. So he's been, he's so rooted in Germany and like all of the sub genres and electronic music out there, you know what I mean? Like we couldn't think of anyone to go ahead and uh, give us like, you know, better representation, especially for a, a project of this caliber. Um, yeah. uh, but to, to, to wrap up just, just to what I was, to just what I was saying for like what's coming next. Um, uh, right now I am working on uh, putting out, uh, an EP, which will include uh, potentially two tracks with Casey. Um, and I'm super stoked for that because one of those tracks, we I think we wrote in like, what, like four hours? Yeah. Like, yeah, like it was so funny. Like she, came, she came over to mix. Uh, I think we were doing a mixing session with Struck and I was like, hey, I have like this new melody. And she was like, oh, cool, pop it on. And then like we started drinking some absinthe. <laughs> and we're like yeah i was like you know what like i was like yeah here's like here's like this like sm58 or whatever and we just like plugged it in or whatever and then just got these cuts and we just we just banged out this awesome song i was like wow this sounds so good like i'm like equally if not more excited about this track than uh than the one we just put out together so um that's going to be a thing awesome. uh yeah and then there's going to be a couple of other uh surprise guests on that um and hopefully you know that gets put out um within the next six months you know that's my that's my plan you know and uh casey oh my god casey's got a lot of a lot of (laughs) personal i know i'm crazy though i have like 
two Casey Desmond albums literally sitting on the docket. I have a bunch of collaborations. Um, I'm working with a couple artists from a label on Fixed Neon. Um, and they're like more synthwave electronic, you know. Um, and then I also have a side project called Cosmic Microwave Background, CMB. And I'm putting out two albums currently with that. Um, one that I'm going to drop my first single actually at the top of the year. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and then I have a project with my sister called Cynthia and we have an EP coming out too. So there's a lot going on, but it was really nice for Struck to have its own little moment before that happened. Cause it's going to get frantic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but there's, there's so many worse problems to have, right? Like I was just telling yeah. a, a friend of mine that I've got this podcast and then I have another one called musicians for mental health. And then I started batting around the idea for a third one. And I'm like, do I have the time for it? You know, like I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. But like, I'm starting mm -hmm. to, to hit that point where it sounds like you're at Casey, where like, mm -hmm. what, what's going to be priority? Like, how do I balance these things that I want to put out in the world? Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think, again, to your point, like when you do get that, that gap and something like struck can really come out and stand on its own. It's so rewarding for that to be like, okay, this, this worked and this is something that we need to focus on and, and perform kind of position to move forward with in the future. Absolutely. Totally. I totally agree with you. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it needed its own little moment. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, I was inspired by the project to say the very least. So I feel thankful to be here at this moment and um, I'm happy to, I'm excited to see what's next, you know, what happens yeah. with Struck and what happens with, I mean, Christian's got an, an amazing collection of music that I can't wait till, you know, the rest of the world gets to hear it because he's a brilliant producer and I just, I want Mel, give me Mel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, same. I've, I've been able to go ahead and, um, and peep a lot of the tracks that you have. And like, sometimes I'm like, man, this, this track, I'm like, why isn't this track like bigger than it is already now? She's like, I haven't put it out yet. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this hasn't been, and in my, in my head, I'm like, I thought I heard this a couple months ago, but it's like, you, yeah, I mean, if whenever you actually want, you know, a piece of your art to go ahead and actually have like the time of day, you have to plan out months and months ahead of time, you know, so luckily, yeah. you know, Casey's got like a lot locked and loaded, you know what I mean? So everyone's going to have to keep an ear out because it's really good. And I've already actually I, I learned a lot. I, I've learned a lot of the songs because I'm because we we've been trying to schedule a day where we can like, you know, actually rehearse and I can play drums for some of your your live stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> um yeah. it'll happen <laughs> it will i'm excited for the next year mm -hmm. yeah for sure so uh christian on that ep you said there there's potentially two songs with with casey uh regardless is that second song going to see the light of day if it doesn't make the EP? well well um I, it definitely will you know it's one of those tracks where i feel like the track is definitely strong enough to be part of a collection that i'm going to go ahead and put out um it ultimately it'll just go ahead and come down to the uh to the amount of time you know that we have available it's it's gotcha. still gonna get yeah. put out it's just a matter of when you know gotcha. yeah. um but like one of the tracks is like written it's like done we just need to go ahead and just get a couple more cuts of some things here and there and then you know do a final mix down and then we should be pretty good um and the other tracks that i'm working on right now they're still like you know in their songwriting phases and uh 
I have a couple of uh, vocalists um, in like the dream pop and like trip hop scene that I'm trying to kind of like bring over to like what I'm trying to do. And, yeah. uh, and I feel like it's going to be really, really cool, you know, and it's definitely going to be definitely uh remix worthy. So uh, that I also have like a, a remix EP that I would love to go ahead and have off of that because, you know, when you have like really strong uh, remix, uh, sorry, when you have like really strong female vocals, you know, like, like, like Casey's and some of the other people that I have in mind, you know, they're so remixable, you know, yeah. how can you not, you know, and that'll be like, its own opportunity to go ahead and work with other producers that I look up to hopefully. So. Yeah, for sure. So let's say um, uh, kind of in that, that light there, what would be for both of you, what would be like the dream collab or the dream remix? Casey, you go ahead for that one. (laughs) Oh, for a remix. I'm, I'm not, I'm not actually sure. I'd have to think about that, but um, personally speaking, I have always wanted to work with my hero, Peter Gabriel. Um, you know, as far as like production goes, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty like into the mainstream pop stuff. I love people like Mark Ronson and, and I love songwriters like Max Martin and stuff like that. I mean, they've, they've done so much for mainstream music, but I mean, as far as like remix possibilities, I'm just looking like just what Christian said, I'm looking forward to, to collaborating and working with other people that are, are kind of more deep in the field. Like we are like, you know, people that I meet at shows and um, or whose music I've heard online randomly. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to know that person. They're amazing. That's actually been more of my prerogative lately. Um, and because, you know, I, I write and produce my own tracks as well. So it's been nice to kind of expand a little bit and work with other people and get input from other people um, and change it up a little bit. So that's been, you know, it's been a learning experience and it's been very rewarding. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously we're just about to the end of the year, so we won't ask what the rest of the year holds, but in a, a perfect 2022, let's say, you know, COVID, all the variants and everything are, are no longer an issue, all that sort of stuff. And the world's as back to normal as it can be. What does kind of the perfect 2022 look for you guys? Oh my God, more shows, please. <laughs> um i for me actually you know i i love playing live it's so much fun and it's such a great opportunity to go ahead and like talk to people that especially now that i haven't seen in a while uh for for me personally i would love to go ahead and have um a couple of like uh bigger releases this year that would be amazing and then um doing festivals like one-off festivals would be really uh, would be really really fun um i feel like right now um you know uh, casey might be in a different place than i am because also my my project's a little bit younger you know right. um so for so for me i really really want to set the foundation for what people's perspectives are of my project and i feel like right now i have a good headway and i kind of want to keep that momentum going and then um you know, especially nowadays, you know, electronic music, you know, I, I've been in the Boston scene, you know, in the Rhode Island, and the Rhode Island scene for a while now, you know, so I know a lot of people in this area. So I feel like my my best foot forward would be to go ahead and try to reach people uh, farther away with my music and then trying to go ahead and after that, 
trying to play more shows, you know. So for me, this year is going to be more focused on getting uh, more releases out for sure. And then, you know, playing the uh, the festival here and there to go ahead and just kind of, you know, keep my life, my life chops up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's basically everything I've got. So what we're going to do is uh, for kind of our final question before I have you plug everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if because I feel like your your music specifically, Christian, and, you know, with Struck and some of the remixes you've done, I've used the term soundscape a ton for you or, you know, I think what I want to ask is if you were able to put this kind of in a cinematic version, what kind of movie or, you know, we talked about Nerdum a little bit earlier, where do you see your music fitting in like a cinematic standpoint? Ooh, okay. You know, I actually have thought about this because uh, I like to think about the long game. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, for sure. So for me, I can definitely see my music uh, be used. Um, it, it depends on which tracks, obviously. But um, some of the tracks that I have work that I'm working on are a little bit slower. So I would love to go ahead and see some of my stuff and some more like independent films um, that would kind of, um, you know, I don't use this word in a derogatory way, but some people do, but like kind of like some more like hipster, like in, independent films yeah. Um, that would kind of like have um, a more niche uh, crowd. Um, but then uh, on the flip side, I also see a lot of my stuff uh, being used in uh, scenes like, you know, like, like Matrix, like Revolution. What is it? What was that new Matrix movie that's coming out right now? Uh-huh. I forget. I what don't remember. Is. I don't know what they subtitled it, but I know what you're talking about. A resurrection. Yeah. It's like resurrection. resurrection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Metric resurrection. Yeah. So, um, you know, that would have been an amazing potential movie, you know, cause they just have like these scenes where, you know, they have more futuristic elements, you know, and, uh, you know, et cetera. So like, uh, I definitely see my music being, uh, put into a movie like that sci-fi or something that's going to be more cyberpunk based, you know, a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, and I definitely seeing, uh, I, I can definitely see placement in those genres and, you know, fingers crossed, you know, hopefully it happens. <laughs> yeah, totally. sure. And I think that struck itself, you know, if, if you arrange it certain ways, like if you, we've been talking about creating our own licensing library from the stuff that we've been making, like, you know, cues of each song, some yeah, instrumental yeah. parts or just the ethereal elements. I think especially some of the ethereal, if you're not talking about the action of the song, like, you know, for something like the matrix, then, you know, there are a lot of ethereal elements with like, you know, the choir vocals and like the, the Oz and like the organs and stuff that could be used in not only like, uh, like a movie soundtrack, but I, I could hear it in video games and like, you know, VR and stuff like that. So yeah. I totally, I totally like, uh, I was going to look up this week if I could make this song into a Beat Saber song. Yeah, there you go. yeah. <laughs> that'd be so awesome yeah I just, I just got a vr set so i've just been beat savoring my ass off all week um and uh casey got super pumped when i told her about that because now we can hang out in vr and in person so yeah my sister and i actually um have been working with a friend of ours to build us a virtual reality venue and so what we're hoping to do is not only debate uh, debut a bunch of our own music and art um, and play live in virtual reality, but also have people like Christian and our other friends who are producers and, and um, electronic musicians come and do sets. So I'm yeah. excited to explore that. <laughs> yeah, that could be, be really super awesome. cool. Mm-hmm. That There's a lot of programmers cool. and stuff like 
within that realm too. So, you know, you could meet someone who would hear your music and would use it in their game that they're developing and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so kind of the same question for you, Casey, but from a vocal standpoint, where do you, where would you want to see yourself kind of cinematically vocally? Well, even though vocal is my, you know, vocals are my main thing. Um, I actually consider myself also a producer. So I am looking forward to finally debuting a lot of this stuff that has been sitting in the can, not just because of the pandemic. I've been moving around a lot the, uh, from, you know, California to Boston and stuff. And so I'm excited to just get music out into the world and, you know, perform again. Um, I've been able to hop on some festivals and play some shows here and there. Um, you know, a couple with Christian, but, uh, you know, the last couple of years because of the state of things has really taken a huge toll on that. Um, right. and it's not just something that I like to do to promote my music, but it, it's like my lifeblood. Like I, I feel like I'm missing out on something. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, um, you know, being able to, to put music that I've been working on for years out into the world and move on to something else too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh, yeah, kind of to wrap things up, it's it's kind of the standard outro question. Um, I'm obviously going to tag all your socials and everything and have links, but where can people find you? Kind of what can they expect from you guys online and just that kind of, you know, tr traditional sell yourself? Uh, in the next, let's see here. This Okay, so you guys can find me. Uh, I primarily use Instagram. Uh, Facebook and TikTok. Those are my primary socials. I do have a Twitter account and um, I think, and obviously like YouTube and all that stuff, but I primarily interact with people on the, on the three platforms I just mentioned. Uh, and the next month or so um, I am going to be announcing a show. I'm going to start playing drums for a, uh, for a new band on negative game productions and uh, I will be working on remixes and working on my EP. So you guys just keep looking out for that. It's going to be a really, really hectic 2022. Awesome. <laughs> that's, that's straight up. Yeah, for me, um, I mean, I'm on Facebook and, and Instagram as well. Um, and, you know, people can reach out to me there if they'd like. I have a website, CaseyDesmond.com. Um, and, um, I'm really a, like a super music video nerd. So I love to create videos. I make them with my sister and my friends and stuff. And so, um, you know, YouTube is a big thing for me. I, um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, awesome. yeah, that's it. That's pretty much awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's always fun to like, you know, this conversation that we've been able to have to be able to explore what this sound means to you at this moment. And then I think it's going to be really cool in a year or two years, whatever it is for us to touch base again and just see the level of growth that you've been able to achieve. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. This will not be our last podcast with you. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm guaranteeing it right now. So <laughs> yeah, I'd love to connect again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely guys. I appreciate your time and, you know, hopefully, uh, things start blowing up even more than they already seem to be. And, um, you know, we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you awesome. so much, Josh. Thank you for all your time and appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, Josh, Absolutely. thanks so much, man. We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good, guys. All right. Have all right. a good night. Thanks. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And that was my conversation with Christian Carver, AKA Carver. 
and Casey Desmond, who is a guest vocalist on this uh, project and the single. Um, and I'm really hopeful for a lot of collabs between them and really interested to see kind of where they both end up and where they go. Casey has several projects on her own, as you heard. Um, so we'll probably be in touch with her to, you know, get her own episode of, of this podcast and be able to talk about all the cool stuff she's working on. Uh, but with Christian for the Carver project too, you know, I, I said there at the end, you know, it's going to be interesting to see in a year from now where they are, because I think they've already very, very early in this iteration of this project designed a sound that they're going to be able to really push and pursue and find this fan base that is going to be passionate about their project um, and hopefully that connects with it and sees the passion that he's putting into the music. And it's just really um, awesome for me to have them on this early in the career of this project. Um, so as always, go check out their socials, give them a follow, a like, a subscribe, all the free stuff. Um, that's all going to be linked in the description of this podcast. And I want you to go ahead and follow uh, Casey on all her social medias as well. And, um, you know, for us, we're getting ready to come up on the new year, 2022. Um, this is episode number 100 which actually should have happened a while back, but, you know, the COVID uh, experience that I had earlier this year put us behind about six to eight weeks. Um, but, you know, it, it's fine. So make sure you like, subscribe, follow this podcast, jump over, follow Musicians for Mental Health, um, and... You know, I, I say that I want you guys to share the content because, A, it helps me, but B, I just love music so much and believe so much in the power of the audio experience, the, the vocals, the soundscapes, and just the healing capacity of it. Um, it's really, really important to me that you know, we share the music that means so much to us because through that we will find the people that mean equally as much to us. Um, but that's everything for this week, guys. So we are going to take you out with just a clip of Carver's new single called Struck simply because... I want you to go over and, and give him as many streams as possible. So I don't want to, you know, play the whole song for you. I want you to get a taste and jump over to Carver's Spotify or Apple or whoever you're streaming through and play the shit out of this song. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene. Yeah.